Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerds Adulting Podcast, where we are talking about The Last of Us TV show. I am one of your hosts, Peter. I am joined once again, all the time, by Josh. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Hello, Peter. Uh, long day today. I'm um, ready to get in today's episode. God damn it. Now I got to fucking edit that out. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, the uh, okay. uh. Anyways, I'm just kidding. Anyways, M, M is back again. Once again, three ch- three shows in a row. How's it going? Hell How you yeah. Doing? Maybe becoming regular. <laughs> maybe. 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 Yeah. I'm kidding. So, <laughs> yes, as we... as I'm really excited to talk about episode three. There's a few things I want to get into before we do. And you brought this up in our pre-show show, so to speak, that the so this last week we had some sad news. The Last of Us games test actor Annie Wershing died died from cancer at age 45. So some some really sad news in the, the Last of Us world. And uh, we also had some information about season two being confirmed. So, what do you all think about that? I'm, I'm gonna let you go first since you actually brought this up in our <laughs> pre-show. Re- kindly reminded me of it. Yeah, it was actually really sad um, hearing that she died in the beginning. I was like, wait, the actor of the uh, TV show died, but then I also realized, which is also extremely sad, that the voice actor died. But uh, yeah, I'm also pretty excited about the second season since. So far, three episodes, and holy moly, keep on giving. Josh, how did you, since you're probably the biggest Last of Us fan here, so I'm kind of curious to see uh, about how you feel about the news. And then also the good news, we got really, really, really bad news, but we got some pretty good news as well last week. So how did you feel about that? Yeah, her passing is uh, definitely unfortunate. She's a very talented uh, voice actress and uh, actor. She's been in a plethora of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. She was in Vampire Diaries, Major Crimes. She was in uh, Timeless. She actually played a character in the game Anthem, uh, which did not play as well, but she did voice a character in Anthem, the video game. Rip Anthem. That, uh, that had a lot. It had a lot of a, a lot of a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Issues? controversy no 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 no. i mean the game itself yeah upon release but prior to release it had a lot of hype oh yes and so it was cool that she got to be a part of that i mean it's unfortunate that the game it's unfortunate that the game didn't take off the way that the developers expected however uh, she's a very successful uh, actor and voice actor and i'm sad to see that this happened it you know it happens to at the most unexpected of times especially when it's an ailment like cancer and i some my thoughts go out to her family and friends. Well said. I don't think I have anything else to add. It was really sad news, especially cancer. Cancer's a motherfucker. Cancer's a bitch. I'm sure it's touched everyone's lives here and who listens to the pod. So, yeah, it was really sad sad to hear. But, I mean, we did get some good news. And unsurprisingly, season two was confirmed. So, I'm kind of interested... And how that all plays out. I've seen all I never I haven't played The Last of Us 2, so there's a lot of rumors and speculation about what people who's gonna play Abby, you know, and all this other stuff that's that's come about from the fans since it was since it was announced. So I would love to have an in-depth chat about this. However, you neither of you have played the sequel. So it's Abby. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I <laughs> will like not do not ask me that question. <laughs> Anyways, it's when you talk about playing the game, I 
I've I've been playing part one, um, the remake on PS5, and I gotta say, man, even though I've played ha- about half of it already, I put I put my I've been wearing playing with the headphones, the dual sense headphones, and I was mm. in a part of the game where you're like in a basement area where there's water. Holy fuck, was I? I was. It was crazy the other night. I was sweating. I was. I was, it was in intense. the zone, dude. It was. <laughs> freaking intense and i loved yeah. it but i had to, i literally had to pause the game take a breather but anyways moving on so we're gonna talk about episode two three episode three uh i'm sorry <laughs> we're gonna talk about episode three a long long time yeah so talking about episode three a long long time which it's kind of fitting for this for this episode it was directed by peter Hoare who has done some interesting stuff in TV. He directed some episodes in uh, The Umbrella Academy, Cloak and Dagger, Alter Carbon, which I fairly enjoyed the first season that the book book did it better. Yes, I'm that guy. The book was better. <laughs> the Defenders, he did Last Kingdom. He did Iron Fist and Daredevil, just to name a few. He's done other things too. So I thought that was interesting. I was like to go back and to see where these directors have worked and what they've done. It also stars... Ron Swanson. No, I'm just kidding. Nick Offerman as Bill. <laughs> it's funny because on Twitter, I, after the episode, I was like, the I was like, the Ron Swanson memes are going to be off the chain because I just couldn't imagine. Like, and sure enough, in the Parks and Rec subreddit, they're just going going ham with this with the with the memes. It's pretty hilarious. Well, I mean, I believe it. And also starring Murray Bartlett, who played Frank. He actually starred in a show called Welcome to Chippendales, which I have not seen, but he was also in another show, White Lotus Season 1, which is, yes, he ends raising her hands. I guess you're oh a fan. Oh, my God. He was amazing. He, I guess. I, I saw him. I was like, is he that carried fucking, the whole thing. I was like, is that the guy? Is that the, I don't remember his name, but I was like, is that the manager from White yes. Lotus Season 1? I was like, Armando. Yeah, yes. I was like, holy fuck, that is him. But it's different because he didn't have his accent. So it was kind of interesting to see that. So I was super pumped. I mean, and, he's been in a he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's yeah. been in uh, limit. He was in the movie Limitless. He's been he was in Marvel's Iron Fist. I mean, he he has a, a good repertoire of a uh, of roles. Who played Limitless? It's been a long time since. In Limitless, been. he plays Conrad Harris. That's what it says here. I don't remember. That's I'm, for the show. The show oh, Limitless, not the film. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I never watched the show. I did love love that movie, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I never watched the show. I heard the show was actually not that bad. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I have not seen it. Let's review. What was that? Let's review the show. Yeah, let's review the show. Yeah, let's change the course. We're not going to talk about episode three. (laughs) And one little tidbit that I thought was interesting. So we had talked about user rate or watch ratings for this show. It grew again. Yeah. It's Josh, insane. did you want to did you want to talk about that since you're the ones that have been you're no, the one that's no, brought it up I the last two? I haven't been I haven't I didn't have the numbers. I had a okay, like I said, I had a long day. I didn't get to prepare as no, much. No, as no, I no, no, no. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. I got your back on this one. So <laughs> good. <laughs> anyways, so as we said, episode one, let me just read it off. This is from IMDB. Episode three had six point four million viewers. Wow. So by contrast, the last of us episode three's 6.4 million views represent 12% increase from last week's 5.7 million, which itself was a 22% increase of the first episode, which is 4.7 million. So it's 4.7 million episode one, 5.7 million episode two, up to 6.4 million episode three. It's just growing. Jeez. It's just getting bigger. I believe, I believe that between episode one and episode two, there was actually uh, a consider a record breaking. I'm not sure for HBO overall, but 
definitely a lot of people oh, you are mean beginning like, to watch it. You mean concurrent viewers for a follow-up episode? For net gain, yeah. Yeah. I believe you're right. I believe so for a debut for a first episode, House of the Dragon actually has the record for HBO yes, Max. That is correct, yes. And I but, think you're correct that the second episode is, you're right, is the largest increase from first to second episode or between two episodes. Game, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I believe you're correct on that. that it's it's massively success successful. It's doing extremely well. And my God, there's so many things to jump into. But before we get into it, what we usually do is we break we break it down sort of chronologically through the episode and provide our thoughts and little tidbits here and there. So that being said, I got to say, I felt like so I watched it Sunday night and then I, I just literally watched it again before we got on the show to record. It feels like it's been ages since Tess has died. I don't know if you feel the same way. It feels like that happened like months ago, but it was only like a week ago, week and a half ago. It just felt like after right. watching the last episode, the last episode three and then watching it again it just seems like that's so far behind us now that it's almost like i was thinking oh shit it starts off you know joel's like just dealt with this right and so the opening scene the opening like 20 minutes of this episode starts with joel and ellie joel's obviously pretty hurt and it was a really interesting dynamic between ellie which i thought was very mature of her basically telling joel like don't put this on me you chose to be here you know don't blame me for for Tessa's death. And then Joel just kind of like looks at her and shakes her head. That was probably like the most, that to me was like probably my favorite moment between Joel and Ellie. There's a lot of moments in there, but anyways, let's start with Joel and Ellie, Josh, I'll let you go. What was your takeaway from the opening, like 20 minutes between um, Joel and, and Ellie and their So I saw? like to, I like to break this episode down as like gameplay and a cutscene. So the way that I perceive it, right, is you have that opening sequence where Joel and Ellie are looting, right? And you're playing the game, you're going about, you're going through the environment and you're looting the environment and you're getting your supplies. Like Joel is trying to find his stash that he found, his, uh, his stash that he had hid there a couple of years prior and he's struggling to zone in on it, right? I'm zeroing in on it. And then you Get have this hint. unique, yeah, you have this unique scene that's not part of the game, but it is a interesting development or an interesting tool used to expose some of Ellie's character and how inquisitive she is and how she goes into the basement. She is, it's out of some kind of morbid curiosity that she sees this infected. At first she is, you know, frozen still. Then she approaches it. She cuts it and you can see the cordyceps kind of like that, uh, kind of like fungal layer right under the skin. And it's kind of like this weird morbid curiosity that she has that I found very interesting because I, I'm excited or I'm interested in seeing how that plays out in future episodes, how her character changes. Go ahead. Okay. I want to hold you right there because that's a great scene before we go on to something else. And I just yeah. wanted to say my thing is one, the special effects, the way the, the cordyceps or fungus growing off the person's head looked amazing. Yeah. And I'll let you talk about this since you are the female of the group. The tampons, right? I was like, do tampons expire? And so I Googled it. I didn't know. And sure <laughs> Actually, enough, they, they do. do expire. 
When you, I mean, I, yeah, apparently they do. You, you should not use expired tampons. Apparently, is was the whole thing going there. But wow, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. PSA. So, so any, in order, to, I'm not. My intent is not to dismiss your opinion, right? Or not your opinion. The what you looked up. The facts. <laughs> sure, the facts. However, I do know that sometimes a brand will not put an expiration date but a store will mm. they will put but they will stamp on an expiration date that is sooner than expected in order to incite the consumer to buy more so for example i've had things in my refrigerator that you know you do the the test you smell do the test. taste you do the taste the, test the smell first. i do the smell the, test the, the, smell, the smell test the taste test right the if smell test milk, you can't you can't pouring. trust the smell test on milk very often because no. sometimes you're getting bit. some exactly you got to pour it and smell it because if you're just smelling the rim that milk has been there cut off from the inside growing your fungus growing a, little, you. growing a little fungus right <laughs> <laughs> anyways so uh, sometimes they'll slap a false expiration date on there in order to get the consumer to say oh it's been two days I need to throw it away but in actuality it is still good and you'll you might have like three fourths of your product left and because of a day my wife is like that she's like i know that it's probably fine but it says the date says it's expired by a day so we're gonna get rid of it and i'm like it's good and she's like please get rid of it i can't do it so, so i do understand that that's probably not the case with 20 years but you're also talking about food yes you're, not, you're talking yeah. about food not tam tampons which you put inside your body and there's a thing yes, called you're... toxic shock syndrome which is I know, fucking horrible I, I know what toxic shock is yeah but what i'm what? saying is that when do we know more about tampons than <laughs> yes, <laughs> you you know, like, I, am, I am shocked <laughs> this is on like, youtube oh, really? oh, uh, how long does yeah. it take i'm gonna look into my tampons now <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going we're educating M about tampons. Two two grown ass men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fucking no, hilarious! At the it. end of the day, it's better than nothing. I don't know. Is it? I mean, toxic well, I mean, originally, shock even, syndrome even if, is even if horrible. you don't use you it, die for, from it, even if you don't use it for you know menses or whatever, but uh, tampon, tampons were originally invented to, <laughs> to plug bullet wounds. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, that's yeah. You can that's use what, it that's, for, for first aid what, for sure. That's what they were invented for. Yeah, and so I mean, technically, when you you know put it up the lady part, you don't technically opening up to an open wound. So you, wouldn't you think you would get a toxic shock syndrome faster if you stick it well, in? A, well, a, well, an a, open a, wound. Well, no, because so. Oh, this is such a this <laughs> this conversation is, is going weird. weird. This has gone weird. Okay, the idea the idea of the of the of the tampon being used to plug a wound a, a a bullet wound is the fact that you, that that's like a immediate treatment. It's not meant for long term. Like that's just meant to hold you over until you can get no, to secondary care. So just like a tampon, when you put it in the your lady parts, not you, whatever you know what I'm saying. When you put it, when you use it in a feminine, hygienic way, it's not intended to be left in there for six plus hours, four plus hours. Yes. Like that can cause a lot, especially depending on flow and all that stuff. Regardless, all we're saying is <laughs> at the end of the day, it's better than a friggin' dirty rag that you find on, that you find on the floor. That's all I'm saying. Bless you guys. Bless you. 
I don't know. We knew I needed to have a doctor to come in because I feel like versus putting expired tampons inside the female body versus actually using a rag that's clean okay. with soap. Now, I don't like, know which is worse. How long does it take for a tampon to expire? Do we actually look this up? It could be like 100 years as far as we know, or it could no. be like two months. And so according to the Google machine, the it says tampons last for about five years. As Josh said, oh. I, Josh said, I kind of agree with this probably... They probably put that on there so you'll buy more. But I don't know if it applies. It has a long time. But anyways, I do kind of agree with Josh because eggs can last way longer than what they yeah, say, yeah, yeah. you know, and other stuff, too. But it's like a generous, a, a very liberal date, you know, like or concert is a conservative date, whatever. Anyway, to let you know that you can go beyond that, you know, if you go beyond this date, you're probably going to be fine. But yeah. That went. Any, that took a really weird turn, but I guess that honestly, that's the anybody first thing else. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I learned something new, which is great, and this yeah. is what are we all about. You might want right, to check your right. your tampons after this episode, and <laughs> make sure you're not using expired ones. But all I'm saying is, I thought that was like maybe I'm just weird, but I'm like, do tampons expire? Because I was like, I don't know. And apparently it's probably not a good idea to use them, especially if it's been 20 years. But anyways, I don't think my wife knew that bit of information either because she didn't have anything to say. I have nothing to say. Yeah, I'm like, okay, tampons. Awesome. This is what happens when you have a bunch of men running a show. They don't know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, inspiration dates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides the tampon scene, what uh, other things did you take away from the opening scenes with Joel and Ellie? There's so there's a lot to unpack there. there, There's so much. Yeah, absolutely. From the beginning where he's by himself in the morning and that light, the very blue light in the morning where he's just washing the hand, which reminds you like, yeah, this just happened maybe two or three days ago. But he's there putting up the little rock sculpture, basically, I believe, kind of like in the a morning kind of like in the in the meditative state uh thinking about Tess and thinking about her passing and then just going to that store as well and just looking for his stuff and having the memory of a squirrel basically looking for my little stash and then um Ellie basically sneaking off the one thing that was pretty interesting about that scene is that you know Kids, you, you can't hear what the kid's doing. So you have to ask yourself, you're like, are they okay? And so he basically asks, like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah. But obviously she was doing something. She was up to something no good. So that she whole was entire, being mischievous. She was. She's being devious. So the whole entire dynamic of he's closed off from her. She's closed off from him. Everybody has something that they're keeping to themselves. So it's kind of interesting. And then, yeah, she saw the infected person. And uh, for me, it was more like she was seeing if there's still something in there. It was, was there still a human being in there? She's like putting the knife very close to his eye, seeing if he would react like a human being, like, oh no, please don't put the knife into my eyeball or something. Or like maybe begging her to die. But there was like nothing. It was just like a husk of a human so that was pretty interesting i mean i don't i don't blame her for it because that's really the only time where she's been so close probably probably very few human beings that are healthy can say that they've gotten that close to an infected and i don't know diddled with it or whatever yeah you know it kind of made me think about like when when i was a kid not that i like 
fucked with dead animals or like live animals, but like maybe with like bugs, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of play with like you, you know, poke like it bugs, with a stick. Poke it with a stick. Yeah. You may crush a bug. I don't you, I you play never... with life. I am your god now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean I didn't play with actual like animals, but that's just kind of like what I was getting from her interaction with that infected i don't want to say zombie i don't if since the first episode i try to avoid saying zombie now but the infected person that was trapped i thought that was that was interesting did you all see the so in the opening scene it was like 10 miles outside of boston and there was like (laughs) mountains in the range and like social media was like blasting it like there's no mountains in boston what are you talking about and like everyone was like blasting it it's like half joking but it's kind of true like there is no they looked like i mean literally looked they're in portland or you know in, in the in the west you know northwest but they're supposed this, to be in boston so i thought that was kind of funny even boston wasn't filmed in boston it was it was filmed somewhere in canada right yeah i believe you're correct yeah. but i think the, the show was filmed in canada yeah. yeah yeah but i think the the egregious mistake or people that were making fun of was the fact there was mountains when you're supposed to be 10 miles outside of boston which is not true there's like no bo- no mountains in boston. Uh, who's counting the miles Come i didn't really guys. i didn't even think Bang. about it so yeah i didn't even think about it until they brought it up someone brought it up and then they started showing like all these other movies where mountains were in the background and stuff it was just kind of funny to me i mean it was such a minor thing that it didn't bother me but i thought it was kind of funny and hilarious that they that people brought this up so there was a scene in i already talked about that conversation between joel and ellie after after tessa's death you know they were just dealing with that and still like holy the holy fuck moment you know when someone dies like that it's gotta be so difficult there was another scene that i thought that was kind of touching where joel's i almost said daddy but that doesn't that sounds terrible fatherly fatherly tendencies comes when they're about to cross all those skeletons because he knows what's coming up and i thought that was very like fatherly of him to sort of shield her from that or want to shield her from that and i thought that was an interesting scene what did you all think about about that even like some of the conversation that took place which was kind of funny when they when they talked what did you all think about that the conversation between them and then him being a little bit protective of ellie and i'll let you go um, she needs a timeout. Yeah, I didn't get a timeout. I'm just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I had to put it into my words. Um, I feel like it was pretty touchy overall. Um, the fact that he no longer shut her down every time she asked a question. Because like when they were going into the store, she's like, what are we doing here? Like, what did you stash? She's like, nope, shut up. Okay, we're moving on. No more questions. And like, I feel that. Yeah, that's very parenty. Like when mm-hmm. kids ask too many questions, you just want to sh- you know, shrug them off. But when they saw the airplane, when they're walking, he, she asked a bunch of questions. And the fact that he did open up to her just um, it shows a character progression when it comes to him and his um, story arc thing developing as more of a family figure. Uh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> no, just anything else that stuck out to you besides the conversation that like the conversation that they had about like, yeah. oh, where did you get that scar from? Oh, like was yeah, it yeah. something but cool the fact that or they was all, something like, dumb? Yeah, the fact that they not every single shot they not every what did they say? Like not every single shot you shoot or like you miss more something like that, whatever. You can cut that. Yeah. Yeah, he's that's basically what he's explained, yeah. which is totally true. You miss all the time. 
Yeah, you you especially miss especially and... in the heat of it, yeah. you know, in the thick yeah. of it. So that was very. It's opening. not not everything is an action movie where guys are like pow pow pow. Like, that's what I was saying. Everybody's a superhero. Like yeah, cool. I know how to use a gun, but it doesn't mean I know how to aim and shoot at you know first time every time. So that was yeah. kind of cool. And I think that's what they were um, trying to do in episode two, like when they fought the clickers. I think they're that's what they're trying to show was actually I was reading on a subreddit and somebody had brought up that Joel's hand had gotten hurt. So that's one of the reasons why he probably couldn't shoot straight and you know them being scared versus like in other shows so i mean his hand had gotten hurt because he was he had beat the crap out of that guard right 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 probably, i but, mean and she he mentions that he had a hairline in his hand and that it would he probably has a hairline fracture yeah. and he was quickly. shaking a little bit it was kind of like a shaky hand you can see it and then tess is like what's going on he's like oh ow i got a boo-boo yeah josh yeah. what did you think about that that scene leading up to where you know the oh the, the, the sequence conver- where they're walking yeah, up. yeah the I, thought, conversation I thought it was, and all that i thought i thought it created good uh relationship indications uh between the two of them so you have her asking questions about the past and he basically explains it to her uh there's there's a way that he goes about it that seems kind of not it seems gentle enough to give her like this harsh reality of the world that they live in if that makes sense and i really appreciated that because I hate in film and television when information feels like rushed and it's given in a way that, oh, like certain aspects are left out. Like I'm a very detailed oriented person. So I don't like in film and television when two people are arguing and the other person says something like, I've heard enough. And then that's it. That's the end of the conversation, which is totally like a life changing situation that could be happening between the two and the other person just shuts them out and they go okay i just won't tell you this very important detail because you were mean to me a little bit like people in real life people argue so i really appreciated how in depth and in detail he goes in with her it's it felt like a real conversation it didn't feel like it was written it felt like it was a like a genuine conversation between the two of them like if as if it was all ad-libbed or as if it felt believable like a believable conversation between a 14 year old and a, you know, 40, 50 year old man. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was a very genuine, fuck a genuine conversation that would happen in, in real life. I, I agree right. with that. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when they showed the plane, you know, cause we saw a plane crash in the first episode. So I thought it was interesting. And then I liked how Ellie was like, you got to fly, man. And cause Joe was bitching about it and she's like, you got yeah. to go in the air. And I just thought it was funny with her because you know no one her age probably has ever been in an airplane at that point no, i don't even know if they're flying anywhere <laughs> you know i find that hard to believe that they're flying airplanes very very yeah, he's often. literally like giving giving him that old uh that check your privilege kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. i like, mean 12 dollars sandwiches get, back then damn 12 dollars sandwiches <laughs> i mean imagine what people have to do for a sandwich now i mean true in the world that they live in i mean i'm pretty sure Oh, we got the chicken from smugglers. They probably had to kill a few people to bring it here. <laughs> yeah, it's a, is it chicken? Yeah, it's, it's it rat. is. A, it is. Yeah, it's rat meat. Oh, <laughs> it is a boring dystopia, not boring dystopia, dark dystopia. Anyways, yeah, the 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 scene. I don't want to make sure I don't miss anything because there was something else that just escaped my mind now. I don't before I move on. We can jump back if something else comes up. But anyways, so that kind of leads us up to like I talked about Joel not wanting Ellie to co- take the path that they were going straight straight away because of all the the dead bodies or 
I guess skeletons actually, and that's actually sort of a that was actually basically a scene from the game, which was interesting because at some point in the game you come across a pile of burnt bodies, I believe, and then Ellie they have that almost the same conversation about what happened. They don't look like they were infected, and you know it's like you can't dead people can't become infected and there's not enough space that whole conversation was just like damn like fuck this world sucks man like this this is terrible and so and then to add like insult to injury they show the baby bones in the blanket and then they cut back to 2003 with a woman and her child and this is where we get to we get just a few just a few days after the infection had started yeah, yeah. and yep. it's the same yeah. woman and the same child that you saw in the great yeah, same pit. dress and everything yeah. yeah same dress and the same blankie or whatever you want to call it and that was like damn like mm. oh i don't want to watch that like, i don't want to yeah. watch that like damn that that sucks but this is where we meet we get introduced to bill so um what did you think about bill's introduction i am okay so the the way that it went from the present day to the past day, I think it was absolutely genius. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, I'm going to see people being exterminated. I do not want to see this. This reminds me of World War II. I don't want to like even go there. But no, this this was like the most amazing bridge between the past and the present or the present and the past. And then, yes, we meet this amazing character, Bill, like a prepper basically, which is like sitting in this home and you can see like, you can see his little bunker is like full of TVs and everything. And like back then who had so many monitors, right? So like, yeah, you can see that he's has some money and like all oh, the guns in the wall. So like, yeah, he lives in America too. Now I was like, what the <laughs> fuck does Bill do? It's like, damn, yeah, this I don't guy. think he does anything. He's, he's basically living in his ginormous mom's mansion that we learned later on. Like, it zooms out, and she has the biggest house in the block. I <laughs> think yeah, it's maybe huge. he inherited or something. Yeah, yeah so but I was like, but he, still he has had money. But he, uh, okay, I can see that because I was like, he, he has a shit. They show he has a shit ton of guns. He has all this stuff in there. But yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I, don't but I guess he's, that makes he's sense. Like now. A, he lives in his mom's base sub basement basement sub basement <laughs> yeah well yeah it was like a it was like a hidden hidden area yeah they, like behind the chest yeah or something like opens I, up in the chest i actually find the location of his little bunker to be a lot more uh appear to be more expensive than his actual weapon system collection because he has some weapons that appear expensive but not all of them are that expensive of weapons it's not like he has you know fifty thousand dollars worth of weapons on the wall it's probably cost him over fifty thousand dollars to furnish the room oh, yeah. is the way that it is Pro- probably more yeah the equipment alone the to dig an extra hole in there underneath a beautiful yeah, it's a, house it's, it's a subfloor yeah yeah it's a sub basement which the fedra agents that are combing through his house do not uh, no. see or find they actually so. they go to the basement could definitely hear them right above him and they yeah. did not find that but yeah, yeah um basically the introduction of him is this very rich doomsday prepper kid man now. Um, and yeah, the story goes on from there, which is amazing. And then Josh, what did you think about the introduction of Bill? I thought the introduction of Bill was quite uh, different from the game. Obviously in the game, you can get a dynamic between uh, Ellie and Joel overcoming Bill's traps in his little neighborhood that he's isolated himself mm-hmm. in. And uh, 
eventually finding themselves into and one of Bill Sheps that has that leaves Joel kind of limited with his movement and Ellie and him fight off a little bit of wave of infected. And then Bill comes to the rescue and that's how Bill is introduced. Uh, I do not believe in the game. It's been a while since I played the first game. I don't remember specifically if it is said that Bill was a prepper. I think he's just a hardened survivor that became kind of this hermit after the infection had so, initiated. I literally just played that part before I watched the episode, that scene. Okay. And he never, it's never insinuated that he's a prepper. It's insinuated that he's very jaded because of his relationship with Frank. He's like, you don't, you do everything on your own. You know, he became like this loner because of, I guess, time with Frank. There was an insinuation that he just, there was like a, almost like a breakup sort of the way he talked about it. Cause you know, when he discovers Frank in the game, he's like all broken up about it. You know, he's like, fuck, you know, it was like kind of, you know, it's kind of messed up. You could see the emotion, but he was not, he was, it didn't seem like he was a prepper from what I played when I, from what I just played, it just seemed like he was more of a loner type. doesn't believe in only people, like people are going to drag you down sort of attitude. Right. It's just me, myself right. and my gun. You know, that's sort of like the attitude <laughs> that he had. Yeah. <laughs> Many. Um, I was kind of mad because in that scene, Joel, there's like awesome, there's an awesome gameplay scene and or moment at that time where Joel gets caught in one of his traps upside down and you have to shoot infected running at you and clickers running at you. It's such a great, like, it's so intense and it's really cool. I was kind of hoping we got, we were going to get something like that. Not that I'm really upset, but I was kind of hoping we would get that in this. Scene. What Maybe I was we'll- hoping, what I was hoping for was banter between Bill and Ellie because you know how hard headed Bill can be. And uh, in the games, some of the banter between them is just absolute gold. So uh, (laughs) the fact that we didn't get any of that, I mean, I am a little bit sad, but I wouldn't trade it, to be honest with you, at the end of the day for what we actually did get. See, I haven't played a game, so this episode (laughs) was amazing. I mean, the episode itself is amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we can get into it after we get through the things that that I have listed to talk about, about the deviation aspect of it, because I have, so I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate there, but overall, I was fine with the deviation from the game about how they portrayed everything, because we're we're about to jump into that um, with the the next scene that happens after this. So, yeah, I just want to say I loved the... The montage of him going to like Home Depot, going to you know the the gas repository or whatever you know like and going turning there. his own gas back on. Yeah, yeah turning yeah. his own gas back on, filling up, uh, filling up. He, I'm pretty sure he filled up drums of gasoline for his generator. Mm-hmm. Which, yep. Josh, I don't remember for a while back, but we talked about was it called Last Man on Earth? Was that the TV yeah. show? Yes. You forever ruin the apocalypse shows for me now because gasoline Expires. does not last longer than about six months unless you put additives in there to make it last a few more years, maybe two to three years. I think you can make it last, but eventually it it expires and you cannot use it. But the thing is, though, that you don't know if Bill discovered a way or probably knew a way in his prepper ways to make his own. Yeah, I don't know if so. If anything that I, my research, my Google, right. and a, another thing that <laughs> everything you have that to I've think read about is, is that diesel lasts significantly longer than regular gas, but it doesn't last twenty years. No, that's true. Longer, that's one hundred percent true. Even those barrel, even those barrels, or whatever he turned back on, that itself will not last in twenty years. 
Right. I feel like you must have figured out something. Everything that I could find out that unless you have a refinery to make gasoline, I don't know if there's any way you can preserve it for it to last for 20 years. So that's where I was like, how does he still have fucking electricity? But then I thought about it, thought about, well, he had to have electricity for his his stuff. I was thinking about at the scene when Frank wakes up and everything's dark, but I can't remember if they ended the episode, if they had electricity, if they were using candlelight. But anyways, he was still need electricity for all his traps and stuff. Anyways, Josh, you ruined apocalypse from the apocalypse stuff for me because I'm like, how does this work now? Like how gasoline doesn't last this long. Everything like you doesn't work this way. So I just thought it was funny when I was watching an episode. I, I was sort of I was I felt like you breaking something down because of a minor, you know, something that's not believable or something that wouldn't happen in the real world. But you ruined it for me. So thank you for that. I'm sorry, man. I mean, I'm just trying to give you the facts. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I, I loved it. I thought it was really here. And I could not help but imagine it being Ron Swanson doing that. I just couldn't help it. Every time I saw it, I saw that. I also liked how his hair was like blondish, like brindley ish uh, from yeah, like, a, that's how Bill's like hair. Brindle- yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how Bill's hair was in the game. And I was like, damn, that looks just like fucking Bill, like when they did that. And so then. After that, the show jumps another three four, years. Four three, years. Four? This is four. It goes to yeah, it goes to 2007. This is where so this is where we get introduced to Frank. Josh, I'll let you go and take this one first. What was your impression or what were your thoughts when Frank was introduced? I kind of I kind of liked it. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Uh yeah. there was I really liked actually when uh <laughs> The infected walks into one of his shotgun shell traps <laughs> he's and he's like dinner. watching it on the camera and he's like, he's like eating dinner. He's like, walk a little farther. Ow! Done. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. I thought that was so funny. Um, As he's like cooking his, eating his he's whatever like his delicious very elaborate meal. dinner. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so I did appreciate how he came out to check. He heard a voice. He got a little bit more standoffish or a little bit more precautious because he's dealing with a person, not an infected. He was probably just going out there to dispatch them. And then it's funny how he challenges, do you have a firearm? Are you armed? And he's like, he waits. No. And he's like, why'd you take so long to answer? And he's like, I don't know, but I thought about lying. I love that honesty Mm -hmm. up front from Frank. He's just, you can definitely tell like, hey man, I'm having a bad fucking stint of luck as of late. And I need some fucking help. And so that introduction I thought was perfect of how the two characters meet. And I found it a little bit strange how well he's treating him until, I mean, I knew already that Bill uh, was gay, was uh, attracted yeah. to men. Because they insinuated I, it in the game. They didn't like straight out say it. They called because he called Frank his partner. And then they showed the gay magazine, the gay like porn magazine that Ellie found. Yeah. And that's how they, how they hmm. insinuated it in the hmm. game. They didn't actually right. set, flat out say it, but. Right. But I knew it was funny how this, the, the, the relationship between them blossomed as the minutes pass and he feeds him and he lets him shower and he brings him some wine. And April, my wife did not know that they were, that Bill was gay. <clears throat> and she was like, this is a little weird. And I, but the the relationship between the two of them, you can see on um, Bill's face that he's so 
it's like he seemed intimidated, but also enamored because I'm assuming he hadn't had a man over. Anyone, well, obviously, uh, anyone, no, well, anyone, no, little old man, yeah, but well, yeah. any, anyone, period. But it's, he says it later on in the episode that he's never been with a man. Right. But it's something that, but he does have, I don't want to sound insensitive when I say this. All right. No, no, no. But as the, as they meet and Frank comes in the house, that's when Bill really starts to show certain qualities that well, generally we associate with a, a, a homosexual, yeah. a homosexual man. Well, he literally and, says it. He's like, no, no, you show it. And so he says, he, 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 I know, I know, I know, yeah. but, but not, but not, not from Frank's perspective, from the viewer's perspective. Mm. And so you have Frank's, you know, his, his gaydar <laughs> goes off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and they, he, that's they he, can, he can tell and he picks up on it and he starts to use it in his favor. So at, in the beginning, I find that it might be a little bit manipulative because mm-hmm. he's trying to garner safety from Bill because he sees that Bill has all of this stuff. Mm. And I don't find it to be tremendously offensive or horrible, but I do find it in the beginning to be slightly manipulative from Bill's perspective because yeah. I'm not from Bill's perspective, from Frank. Frank. from Frank's perspective, yeah. because you have to remember that Frank clearly is gay he's his character in the show seems fairly open about it even though he doesn't outright say it but he seems to be a lot more open about his sexuality now since he comes from a qz comes from a quarantine zone there's a lot of people there so he may have been you know in a relationship there or in various relationships it's been four fucking years at this point and so he knows he can tell that Bill has this attraction to him, but is also kind of intimidated and at the same time is doing these very little things in order to impress him or make him feel comfortable. Because Frank feels, in my opinion, Frank feels like if I can get this guy wrapped on my finger, then I can stay here and I'll be safe. Regardless. At first. At first. And then eventually it becomes this beautiful situation that has the internet up and up in arms about how dare you do this to me it's so horrible how dare why did you make me feel and i get it so i want to i want to backtrack a little bit to what you're talking about which was interesting because we knew right we knew century bill was gay right you and i you and i you and i know us who played the game we kind of knew bill was gay so knowing that and then also re-watching the episode in that scene I got struggle from that performance, like I from Nick from Nick Offerman as Bill, when Frank is like playing the piano and sort of doing these things just in a way woo Bill, sure. right? Woo, yeah. And the way that I view that as is Bill was really struggling with his feelings. He looks scared, even in the scene when they're in bed together. They talk about it a little bit at the, at the end of the episode with the with the writers with Druckmann and, and Mason. They talk about he's like super vulnerable because he's never been with another person, and Frank is super caring and and delicate with him, which was really really cool, you know, to see from from anyone that's you know a lover the, or yeah in that or, situation, yeah, sure, yeah. And so, and even in those scenes, you want like Nick Offerman just looks like. Like he, you know, he wants it. Like he, that's what he wants to do. It was, you know, it's all consensual. But he's afraid. But he's afraid. He's terrified. He looks terrified. 
but he because he just never experienced it before. It was just such a really good performance, and that's what I was getting from that. And I was like, man, that's yeah, so good. I definitely, like, I, I definitely felt it. Yeah, especially when Frank is playing the piano and he's doing those things, and he's yeah, just and you dead. Can I was tell like, that he's he's visibly uncomfortable. He's like, oh, you're butchering this song. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it was just the whole whole thing. Then the way because if you watch the episode after that scene, he's a totally different person because he's comfortable around him now. He could be himself, you know. It's just really interesting the dynamic of Bill when he meets Frank, struggling with his identity. Because this man, this man has been a closeted man probably his entire life, you know, has yeah. all these things, and it was just a really, really well done. I really liked it because it immediately cuts. We'll, we'll get into that, but it immediately cuts to a different scene, and they're in a totally different vibe. You know, it's like it's really interesting. Yeah. But, so um, it's actually, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off but it's in that scene that opening sequence where they're meeting and and frank is kind of like wooing him a little bit and bill is kind of like trying to impress him trying to woo him himself maybe try to make him appear more uh what's the word i'm looking for more desirable maybe i don't know but you can tell that bill is putting in an effort in order to make this guy comfortable as comfortable as he can be and so uh in that in that sequence i welled up just a little bit because i could i could see the struggle that bill was going through and like i felt for his character i it made me sad that he would that he lived in a place where maybe being like that was frowned upon and now he's truly free and he has another person that is just like him that he can sh- express this liberty with, but he's so scared because he has all of this pent up repression is all these repressed emotions about how he is as a real person. Mm. And that made me feel really emotional. But at the same time, I knew what was going to happen to Frank. I knew you knew what happened. We didn't, well, hold, we didn't hold know. On, hold on. I'm going to get there. I didn't, okay. I know, obviously I didn't know how in the episode, but I knew that it was a plot point for Bill to be the way that he is portrayed in the game, in the game, was because of the loss of Frank. Now, this was funny because my wife is like, what is your problem? Mm. And I was like, I know what happens to Frank. <laughs> and she was like, damn it. <laughs> and so you get my, away. Wife was, my wife was also very happy. You know, she's like, this is so beautiful. Like, this is such a beautiful sequence of this. And she like she would agree that I th- I love how I give like little anecdotes of my wife watching the show because she's not maybe we should have her on too like a fourth person to talk about it. Um, Do five minutes I, five it's segment called five minutes with my wife. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. five minutes with spouses. Yeah. yeah. Well, my girlfriend's um, actually watching it now too because I I posted on Twitter. I put I just put hey 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 on Twitter. And she like responded like the fuck is that? <laughs> and like, you had to watch Last of Us to understand. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I thought that that was a, uh, I thought that that was. It, I mean, it brought that emotion out of me. Just that opening sequence. Oh, that, I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. And, no, I want I <laughs> with want, your and, yeah. And what it so with with the instruction of of Bill. I mean, you, uh, don't, you don't know anything. You don't no, know shit. I so. didn't know anything going into. It. I knew you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what was your take? Um, I'm kind of curious to know like what you thought about that. Were you like, oh shit, Bill's gay? <laughs> um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, because it's always a surprise to see a character gay almost. 
still it's still kind of weird taboo or still people are processing the nor- the it being normal but no because the two actors played it so well you can feel the tension growing like every single time like frank is like well how about this and then it was like oh, okay fine and then how about that and you just it kept Frank's persistence of trying to survive. And I do believe, and I do agree with you. In the beginning, it was all about his survival, him staying here because his um, quarantine area has fallen. And um, they're basically, he's basically looking for a new life. He cannot obviously survive outside of it. And he found this amazing person. I mean, this amazing compound run by this person who is an amazing cook and it has hot water. And like, you can see that um, I believe it it basically is Bill's uh, the way that he was raised where he knows how to cook really well. And he knows how to pair his wines with the rabbit that he, I believe there was Mm -hmm. a rabbit. And the fact that uh, Frank also can um, appreciate the complexity of Bill made me, I think it right. made, uh, that was kind of the woo of Bill to Frank. Like, this is a guy that I can definitely live with, not knowing his quirks or anything else like that, which we later on jump the next few years, three or something years, where they're you know, going to an argument. But in that moment, I believe that Frank did absolutely everything to stay in that house. So he kept pushing, like, well, like, I'm kind of oh, hungry. Can I, I, can I play like, one song? Can I play can this? I play? Can I play that? Yeah, again, and like, like the shoulder touching and everything, like, you're amazing. Like, um, and then just, yeah, go wash yourself up and the rest is history. So other than that. Yeah, guys, the, the thing where he's like, go take a shower. I was like, that's super aggressive. <laughs> but I that mean, would not fly nowadays. But, you know, like, it's it's like. That's what I'm saying. Like, he kind of played into this, like, manipulative, like, I know this guy wants me, you know, but I don't I don't see it from a malicious perspective. I see it from, it's like, a survival I'm, perspective, I'm trying to survive. Yeah, and I am. It's, like a, it's I almost am acceptable. Nice. In that, yeah. It's not like he's manipulating him at gunpoint. You know, he's manipulating <laughs> him with company. Yeah, I mean, I could totally what... see like an attractive woman doing that. Like, I mean, you're, you, I mean, you're an apocalypse. It's all about survival. Frank is attractive use, too. Oof. Yeah, I'm saying, Hot. yeah, use your, use, use <laughs> what the what good Lord gave you. <laughs> but it's funny when they were in bed, they were like, "Oh, don't think I'm a, a whore or a hoe." Oh, or something. I'm not a whore. I'm not a whore. <laughs> not a whore. Yeah, I'm gonna stay here a few more days. Like, oh, okay, buddy. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I see how it is. No, they, I know they never really expressly. That's interesting take because I didn't I didn't look at it that way, but it makes sense that he may have been looking out for himself. And then obviously they you know fell in love later on. But my my you are you both really sort of hit my thoughts between the two. I just really I I really thought it was interesting just Nick Nick Offerman's performance for the most part being someone that's been going through a moment like that that's probably not easy. And also exciting and sort yes. of like literally coming like overcome with emotion. He doesn't yeah. know what to do, doesn't know how yeah. to act. He's just like it's like, like a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, t- a teenager, period. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and then 
So I'm ready to move on to the next scene, which happens four years later. Are you ready to jump to, to what happens after that? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So they jump four years later and immediately they're arguing. And I thought that was hilarious because I was like, that's so accurate of any couple. Like imagine being with someone for four years, you're probably having a, at least have had one fight or two, right? I thought it was hilarious that they were arguing and just having like a lover's quarrel. <laughs> and they're like arguing about, you know, Frank was call, calling, calling, uh, Frank said they're not Nazis or things like the governments are Nazis. He's like, well, not back then. Now, you know, I just thought that was funny. And I thought it was a really interesting segue into the next scene, the jump of, of four years. And then that's when we learned that Frank's a very different person than Bill, which I thought was interesting as well. You know, opposites attract and, and Frank wants to do these things like, fix up the shop and i'm like what the fuck why do you want to do other stuff and apparently he says he's been communicating with another person a, a woman or a girl over the radio and then bill was just like the fuck man what what the fuck are you doing you know it just it was really really right. funny dynamic so and what did you think about the jumping into that scene with with frank and bill and then also with that meeting eventually meeting tess and joel Mm-hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like you said, it was like a little slice of life because I stormed out of the door being angry at my husband. And I saw myself also being like, well, I want to paint this from this color. She's <laughs> like, well, we don't have enough money or whatever rations at their stage or something like that. And like having these little house projects, but obviously the budget doesn't allow it to be um and then just the fact well my husband's more of a social butterfly than he uh brings people over and i'm like what like mm-hmm. no i don't wanna so yeah it, it was totally cool and the fact seeing tess again and how that whole entire dynamic and like Man, that kind of hit me hard i was like oh fuck and yeah like, it no. did i mean i didn't tear up or anything I was like oh shit damn tess oh it was kind of nice to see her in her beautiful full glory again but the and funny they, they, thing they aged them back for that scene. Yeah, they had less grays. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh the really cool part was seeing Joel and Bill just like two alpha males sitting at the table, yeah. just flexing, like, yeah, well, I know how to hold my own and I don't know how to hold my own too. So whatever. I don't need your help, type of thing. And then like um Frank love- and Tess be like, la la la, let's have friends and things. And, that, and that's where we learn how the whole entire cold thing and the radio. Uh, started right. out with and things like yes. that. So that yeah. was cool. Yeah. They don't like tidbits here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was actually wondering about that. Cause I was like, wait, why, why does 80s mean trouble? And I, cause they just kind of mentioned that. And as like, an, and I was kind of like an afterthought. But then we learned later, later on, it's something to do with Bill. Josh, what, what, did, what were your thoughts about the jump ahead and them meeting so each other? So that, I think that that sequence was really important in uh, creating this, uh, viewpoint of each of the two characters of bill's priorities and frank's priorities it was this great uh, demonstration of like you said polar opposites bill is like we need to save every ounce of fuel that we have you never know when we're gonna need fucking paint i'm not gonna go risk my ass to go get your paint and frank is like can we be people i want to look at pretty things i want to cut the grass i want to use i want to I'll cut the grass. I just need a little bit of fuel for the lawnmower to to make this place look livable, right? And that's I thought that that was such a nice example of how opposites work with each other because eventually Bill is like, 
like, fine, my precious supplies, I will give them to you for beautification purposes. Yeah, you know, and so I thought that that was really interesting and really, really fun to watch that dynamic between the two of them. I really liked how M says, you have these two alpha males sitting at a table. I loved when Joel tells him, like, we can help each other and get that gun out of my face. (laughs) I thought that was like, fuck yeah. And that gives you like that, that that's what Bill respects. You know, it's mm. like being a assertive. strong individual, assertive. Yeah. He's yeah. like, Bill respects that. And he's like, you know what? I don't particularly like you very much, but I do respect you. I don't yeah, that particularly was, trust. That was and even, I, yeah, that yeah, was even ahead. in the letter later on. Yeah, Those that's right. Words, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, love that. He, he gives him that warning. He tells him, hey, your fence is eventually going to fail. I can get you this. Which I thought was weird because Bill had access to an entire fucking Home Depot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was raided already. Who knows? It's not That's the possible. only survivor. You know, there's yeah. the, the gangsters out. Not the gangsters. Um, raiders. The raiders have. Yeah, there. he called them. Joel called them raiders. They're going to come. He warned them. Yeah. 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 Great, fire, great fire traps, by the way. Oh, yeah. Spot Ten. on. A, A plus. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the scene so that later jump to the scene where frank wakes up right and the raiders do come is that the next jumping scene i can't remember specifically okay so my so this is the the thinking that i had in that scene was okay so raiders are there traps are going off some are getting burned to a crisp right frank wakes up he's trying to find a a weapon he goes outside because he has gunshots and then there's bill in the middle (laughs) Josh, you may understand. There's Bill in the middle of the street standing up shooting a rifle through a scope. Like, I don't think so people actually, understand. So that actually is a feasible thing to do because of light pollution. So Bill, because the flames are going, I don't know if you've ever looked in a house, like you've been in a house where there is, it's completely dark outside, but your lights on or in your house. Yeah. You cannot see outside. Right. Mm, okay. But people that are outside can see in with ease. They could be they could be ten feet in front of your window, and it's it's perfectly dark outside. They cannot uh, see you. So okay. I feel like in that sequence, Bill was far enough from the fire that he could not be particularly seen. Also, you have to remember that he is in a stable on the safe side of the fence. These guys are being shot at. Their buddies are fucking burning alive right next to him. They're distraught. There's fire and light pushing in their direction. It must have been, in my opinion, and it's raining. It must have been very hard to see through that fire at Bill. And Bill had full access to pick him off as he so chose. The fact that he got shot is because I think that the Raiders were blindly firing in any direction that they could. Okay, I'll give you that take, but my take was he is not, he's like one of those want to be military people right that watches videos and doesn't understand about cover and wants to and thinks that he knows about military tactics i would imagine that anyone that gets into a gunfight regardless of that is going to want to find cover regardless of that situation versus being out in the complete open in the middle because there you don't know no, one, you're, you, don't, you are right you are right he definitely so, definitely would be better if he had cover yeah yeah, I'm just saying, I think you're right in that aspect of what you're saying. Yes, those things do come into play. But anyone that's had any amount of even just basic training, like we did in basic training, because I, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, an, uh, what is the term? Combat 
I wasn't a combat MOS, but we still learned about the basic maneuvers and things like that. You never get up in the middle of a firefight, regardless of what you're doing, specifically in the middle of a street. So that's what I was thinking about. And that whole scene was that first I was like, he's an idiot for doing that. But then I kind of thought maybe he just doesn't fully understand because he's not a military person. Because I don't think that he called himself a survivalist when he talked to to Joel. And I just felt like that that was a very bad tactical decision to stand out in the middle of the street to yeah, try to absolutely. aim down your scope. Because aiming down a rifle standing up is not easy. Easy. It can be yeah. done. It's not at that, easy at to be that range. I don't think it's that big of a deal. He was like, what, like maybe 50 yards. That's that's I don't know. Yeah. Relatively simple. Yeah, I guess. But you still have the bounce in the wave, your natural wave when you're shooting through a scope. Yeah. I just I better mount it on something uncover yeah. and then boom, pick them off one by one. I've, even with all that stuff. What are you going to say? Em? Uh, no, I have zero military or zero gun training. <laughs> and for me, that was just nuts. Like that, that dude is crazy. Yeah, that's that's all I really wanted. Yeah, to say. I, it was an well, awesome scene. It looked that, badass. I'll say that. that. When uh, Frank woke up and he didn't see uh, Bill in bed, shit. Frank was looking for cover. He was like ducking behind windows. Yeah, like a normal person. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, Not like in the beginning, like when Frank woke up and he didn't see Bill, and there was like fire everywhere. I'm thinking in my head. Well, thanks, hon, for not like waking me up. <laughs> And, uh, you yeah. know, like telling me that we're under fire. Thanks for the warning. But I understand that later I kind on. Of like it tracks for Bill, though. Like Bill kind of seems like the kind of person that wants to just do like, I'm, pro- I'm the protector. I'm going to take care of this shit. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like it kind of feels like yeah. that falls in Bill's like personality. Like, yeah, you probably should have woken up the only other person that could help you, you know, in in this fight. But it kind of tracks for him. And then, but also for an, a great scene, that's where it kind of ties in to Frank. He's now taking care of him after he gets shot. Now it's Frank taking care of him, right? Which is sort of symbolic in a relationship. Not one. If you're in a truly healthy relationship with somebody, not one person takes care of the other person all the time. It's always someone else should take care of the other and the other should take care of the other person. It should be reciprocal, right? And I think that was right. sort of symbolic in that scene there. They're showing but what they, love they're taking lo- care of each other. Yeah. They're taking care of each other. That's what love is. Love is taking care of each other. That's one of the aspects, in my opinion, of love. Mm-hmm. Is when you love somebody, you take care of each other. And that was that was Frank's turn. That was his turn to take care of. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Frank's turn to take care of Bill. Bill had been taking care of him. He did all the stuff. You know, he set up like everything. You know, he's he from all we've seen, it's been Bill taking care of Frank. And so that's why I just love that scene. Frank's like, I think Frank must have been in healthcare. Because he seemed to really know what to do. He was calm or he had been trained or something, right? He knew exactly what to do, how to get a get. I don't think the I don't think he went to get the bullet out. I know it's too, because if you look, he gets a bandage to put on it. So I guess there was an exit wound, which I couldn't tell. So I'm I, guessing really I thought he was like digging in there later on when he passed off. Know. He was like still kind of working on it. Maybe like it was uh, who knows? Trying you might to be right. Pressure. Yeah, you might be right. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I mean, right, didn't Frank look like he knew what he was doing? So yeah, I, yeah, I, to an extent, yeah. So, so that was, I just love that scene because, you know, now it was Frank's turn to to take care of him. Well, but the, I wanted to say that the whole entire waking up part and running down the stairs also, uh-huh. um, he went straight to his um, little desk and opened up the drawer and took the gun, the gun later on that Ellie finds. Mm-hmm. So that kind of basically uh, grounds the gun in the physical space. 
which was kind of, which right, later it on. Make, it helps you make that connection. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you ready to do the, the, the last time? No, it's not the last. There's one more time jump. There's two more time jumps, which right, was, they, they, they jog and they're, oh, which was, take it. Yeah, I thought it was well, one of the little ones, one of the little guns. No, so oh. yeah, but actually we got the times wrong because first was the jug, then was the um the the raid. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. because the, we think that he dies, but in fact, later on, Frank is in the wheelchair. But the strawberry thing is also extremely important. I really like to talk about it. Um, are you sure? Because I have I just watched the mm-hmm. episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because we think that Bill dies, but the next day we see them on the porch. And we're like, oh, he's alive. But no, wait. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank yeah, is yeah. in trouble. Yeah, because he yells out for a bill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're right, because he, he cuts the... Yeah, so we did skip that. We flipped it. Oh, well. Anyways, well, we'll flip it back. That was... I can't believe I... I, lit, I just watched the episode. I was taking notes as I was watching it. I don't know it, how it I messed right. it up. It felt right. Okay. But yeah. Well, we can... So, okay, so we can talk about... Really, I don't know. There's not much else to talk about other than the garden surprise, which happened in... My note, my dates are all fucked up then. When did the garden surprise happen? So the garden surprise happens after the sequence where Joel and Bill talk. Yes. And Joel warns him. So that's 2010. Um, correct. That's 2010 Joel, when it happened. Okay. And then we correct. take the stacks of cars. He's like, I don't need your fence. I got my cars. <laughs> yeah. Joel, yeah. Joel <laughs> expresses to him like, hey, sooner or later, there will be raiders. Yeah. And, you know, and then they demonstrate that they're exercising to stay healthy. Uh, even if they're just running around the block. But they express that this is a point where they're trying to show the viewer that the relationship with Joel and Tess is working. They're getting goods from each other. Mm -hmm. They're trading. uh, And and they're making it happen. It's not just a a relationship anymore. Now Now they have this ongoing business between each other. So, okay. So 2010 was Frank and Tess and Joel offers to help and work together correct so then what was 2013 if it was not was well, it 20, the strawberry 20, thing 20, 2013 right. is when they did the jog and they and they wound up doing the garden that's what i have i have two bill oh. meets frank 2007 lovers quarrel and makes friends 2010 garden surprise 2013 right and then in the same sequence that's oh, and then we. That's when the fight happens. Correct. Okay. In the, it's in so the we same. Flipped, we did. We got to twenty third. So we okay. We did. The, okay. All right. So now we're in twenty thirteen. We're in twenty thirteen. We already talked about the gunfight, but we're that's when the garden scene, and then we can jump to twenty twenty three. Right. Correct. So we just have the garden scene left. Then we jump to the old to old Bill and old Frank. Okay. So the, there's one thing about that scene. It's funny because they they show right. Uh, Frank is clearly in pretty good shape. Bill not so much, and they're they're jogging. Bill struggling, and I thought that was, that was kind of fun. He's like, "Let me show you something," and he's like, "Huh?" You know, it's just like, "Oh, I've had enough." And then they do the garden scene where he surprises him with strawberries. And Josh, as you alluded to, he was like, "I I gave him a gun for strawberry seeds," and Frank's like, "The fuck?" He's like, no, just no, a little him- one. Yeah, just a little one. Just a little one. <laughs> Well, at first he seems hesitant. He's like, ha, 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 which gun? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the strawberry scene was just really, really well acted. I mean, I really, it really looks like they hadn't had strawberries in 20 years or 10 years or whatever it was, 10 years. 
But there's a line that really got to me in that scene. And at the end, he says, Frank says to Bill, I was never afraid before you showed up. And I was yeah. like, fuck. That that was like that kind of hit me pretty hard. I mean, I didn't really cry, but I was like, that's such a, such a beautiful thing to say to somebody in that in that scenario in that time. So that was my my takeaway from that scene. I just loved it. So um and then and then that emotion plays out in the firefight where he's not yeah. afraid for his yeah. own safety. He doesn't fear for his own safety. He fears for Bill's. And he runs out there in while Bill is still being yeah. shot at and being shot at. Both of them are still being shot at. And he shows no fear. The only concern is getting Bill out of the line of fire. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you know, I didn't even connect those two. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That's what an astute observation there, Josh. Mm, what a truly <laughs> funny observation. <laughs> okay. And what, what was your takeaway with the garden scene? Even before the garden scene, when they're jogging, Bill is like, I am, he's like hardly breathing. He's like, oh, I made it. It's like, I am sorry. I'm getting older. And it kind of yeah. hits you like time passes. I'm, so, you know. I'm sorry that I'm aging faster oh, than yes, you. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And then the fact that, just like you said, the strawberry scene was so well played out. Like you could see them have, being happy. They have this sweetness in their mouths. They're like, oh my goodness. And then, you know, they're about to do the hanky-panky. And I'm like, no, not the strawberries. We can't do it here. Not the strawberries. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. It's it's uh, interesting because when Bill says, I'm sorry, I'm aging faster than you. It's interesting because when we cut to 10 years later to present time, mm-hmm. it's Frank who looks seriously aged obviously he's in a wheelchair you know he's sick and it's just interesting that the dynamic flipped 10 years later it's just it just i think it's kind of sort of like how life can work one minute you could be with something you can be in the best shape of your life and then 10 years later all of a sudden you're dying you know from cancer i'm guessing is what he had you know and so yeah some kind of terminal illness yeah he had because he was not in good shape oh really right? huh i thought that was like um what is the ALS. I took it as cancer. Hmm. My understanding of ALS is it's debilitating, and I mean it's possible. It's possible you could be right. They don't. They don't specify. It could be early stages of ALS. ALS basically just is a horrible disease. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I could see that. It basically uh, attacks your motor skills, and it yeah. just felt like it because it was hard for him to paint. It was hard for him to eat. He couldn't walk. He kind of just felt like. He yeah, was, it's he interesting. Was losing it. You're, yeah, you could be right. They never specify, but it, he was essentially just sick. Whereas yeah. we just saw them, it was he was in tip top shape, and Bill was the one, you know, out of shape. And someone on on the Reddit page I was looking at was in the scene where he's painting Bill. You could see him stop and stop. I wish I had the person's name. I'll give him credit for this because it's not my thought. But he stops. And you can see half his face is sort of not complete. And that's when he, that's yeah, when you he registered. You have those, those tracing streaks mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like he lost control. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he stops and he has that moment, like I'm ready, you know, this I'm done. I can't paint, paint you anymore. Like yeah, how I want you. And that's, yeah, exactly. He doesn't get to love him how he wants to love him, which is a, which is a phrase that he reciprocates where he's like, love yes. me how I want you to love me. So he realizes that he can't love Bill the way he wants to love him. 
or the way that he knows Bill likes to be loved. And that's why he makes the decision that he makes. Yeah, that's when it comes from the conversation. Basically, he wants Bill to give him all his pills so that way he can euthanize himself because it's correct. He's, you mm-hmm. know, there's no point in living anymore. And fuck to that scene. That's where it got me. That scene got me pretty hard with, with Bill crying. Like, oh, fuck, man. That was that was really hard, hard for me to see. And, and them getting married. All of that was super rough. Yeah. The last. This, Beautiful. Really, really, the last 30 minutes of that episode had me going. I think everybody was ugly crying at that moment. If yeah. you didn't, you're you're not a human. Well, yeah. yeah. April was like, yeah. this is a game. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> they don't ex- they don't expand on it like this though, but yeah, it, yeah. The the such is just there's so many things that they they touch on there, like you know, euthanasia and and living your last day on a perfect day with your with the, your loved one it was just such a beautiful moment for that for those yeah. those characters and it was just like man i'm like tearing up just thinking about it yeah. but it was yeah. it was so amazing just to see and at that so here's what for me after i got up into this point like it didn't matter to me that it was like i didn't even think that there were two men at that point Right. I didn't think about it. And, you know, growing up in the conventional sense, growing up, it's always been a man and a woman for me. Like, you know, like whatever. I've been around, you know, I've been around um, as I got older, I have had gay friends and whatnot. But every time you see something on TV or people together or stories being told, it's always been a man and a woman. And what I loved about this point in the show was that point, it didn't even, I didn't even register to me that it was two men. It was just two people in love, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, because love is love is love. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then what I, that's what I loved about it was like, that none of it didn't matter uh, that they were gay, that they were two men. And I don't know if you all watched Black Mirror, but yes. it reminded me of San the episode San Junipero, where the two women fall in love with each other in the virtual reality, um, sort of like the aftercare where you can upload your consciousness. Hmm. It kind of reminded oh, me of that because yeah. it was a beautiful love story told. It didn't matter that it was two women and there's a lot of other aspects to that did touch on touch on it touched more on like um, technology in the afterlife, but it was, it was more of like, it was a, a, a beautiful told love story between two women, but it didn't matter that they were women. It didn't matter that if it was a man and a woman, you know, it was just two people that fell in love. And that that's the, that's what it reminded me of. Well, I actually went back and rewatched that episode. It's such a great episode. If you're a fan of this episode, highly recommend watching San Junipero epi- or season three, Black Mirror. It's not horrible like all the other episodes. It's not you no know, like terrible. Like watch that episode. Beautiful episode. All right, I'm t- I've talked enough about this scene. So um, what that whole thing? Old old Bill and old Frank. Old Bill and old Frank. Gee whiz, did I cry? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, it is. I just like to say it's absolutely amazing what one episode can do to you. Even though it was pretty long, it was like eighty minutes. Yeah, but it could have been a movie, and it would have been an amazing movie, and won many, 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 many awards. Um, I think Nick Offerman's gonna, one of them is gonna get a Golden Globe. Somebody needs so. it, and if not, I this world is gonna burn. <laughs> There's someone's gonna get a Golden Globe for that episode. Yes. Nick Offerman or Murray Murray Bartlett's gonna get one. But anyways, continue. Um, but I don't. Can we like? How far do you guys want to go with this segment? Do you guys want to talk all the way to? Yeah, this anything that happens up until before uh, 
the last meal. Joel, yeah, we can bring that up now if you want to. We're talking okay. about that whole that that everything that happened in that that segment before Joel and Ellie get there. Because this whole entire episode to me was just basically one big story arc for Bill. It began as a man that likes to be by himself, a hermit, a prepper, um, most likely spoiled little rich kid that has everything and he hates the government. He had just me, myself, and I in the beginning. And then he found, found this man in the hole that he rescued, that he took care of, and built a relationship in a home, uh, basically the closest thing to a family that you can have. And when they were eating their last meal, which was their first meal together, which was amazing with the same exact wine. I was like, same meal. Yeah. Like what they're going to the neighborhood. They're like, I, you know, they they just show the hole that he found them in. And like, they like show the little, like the wine store that they went to and stuff like that. So it was like memory lane right there. And And they got married and they got married. Yes. I think the marriage scene was such a beautiful sequence. It felt very personal. They're obviously they can't uh, Frank can't stand. Mm-hmm. So Bill Bill sat with him with the piano that you with know the piano, and I thought that was so beautiful. What a wonderful piece of film that I feel lucky to have been able to see. Um and yeah, so, sorry, just to go back and um just. You know, Bill having the realization like this was my life and you are it. And if you're not there, what do I have to live for? So it came from a man that just cared about himself to a man that had somebody to take care of. And he he was he said it himself that he is satisfied. Like that was it. This is it. Like there's nothing else to live for. And then like, yeah, it's true. Like you live in the zombie. Oh, sorry. Uh, zombie! How dare you! <laughs> oh my goodness, I was on the roll there. Gosh, darn it! <laughs> um, living in this apocalyptic world, zombies or not, um, <laughs> you just really don't really have anything left there for yourself. So that was basically my thought. This is my thought, Josh. Yes, can love bloom on a battlefield? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Metal Gear <laughs> reference. Yeah, but it's, yeah, Metal Gear. It's a Metal Gear. Uh, it's an Otacon ass snake that in the first game. But anyway, I was thinking about that because I was like, this shows that love can even love can bloom in an apocalypse, right? That's what I was thinking about. That I totally was even trying to force this one because I literally thought this when I was at, near the end of this episode. I was like, even love can bloom during an apocalypse, and I was thinking about the Metal Gear. Metal Gear saying Otacon says that, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that fuck, man. That's just like too like that's how I imagine like someone that's been with someone the entire life and then they die, you know, when you're old. Like it's so sad. You can't just like they went out. I know I mean it's it's 16 years. They were together for 16 yeah. years. And they and they went out together, you know, in the most tragic but romantic way. And that's probably how it should be for a lot of people but it doesn't happen that way so it's it's kind of like one of the i guess the perks of living in an apocalypse you just die together you, you die know, with no dignity loss. yeah you yeah. die with dignity yeah. with your loved ones together instead of yeah, turning you, into a zombie 
die with dignity you don't have to suffer anymore because obviously you know frank was suffering but yeah it's just at that point like when when bill when it's revealed that bill's gonna die too oh man like it was just like i'm like that's the perfect way to end this end this relate or um story arc between them two it was just so perfect in so many different ways the lines and the way that is what he says to him fucking wrecked me I man i was like i know i keep saying fuck but it it wrecked me i was i was crying you know in that scene but josh i'll let you so talk the about scene, that before the, we jump. the scene where he's explaining to him i want you to take a bunch of sleeping pills and crush them up put them in my wine and i'm gonna go to sleep while you hold me and that's how that's what i want and he's like i can't do that and he's like he reassures him he's like hey love me the way that i want you to love me yeah and i found that that scene was very powerful you get to see a lot of emotion from uh nick offerman like i said beautiful performance for this now when this was all happening this lead up i had i was already like emotional i was like fuck yeah. this is so awesome this is so beautiful right and so when bill comes out with the first meal uh that he ever made him as their last meal i broke down even more <laughs> i was like i made the same food right me and my wife no he did it no he didn't with we the same wine my, too. Yeah. yeah, me and me and my wife are going. We're leaking from the face, and then when Bill uh, has the pills crushed up, and he puts it in the wine, and stirs it, and gives it to him, and then pours himself some wine, but doesn't particularly. You don't see him crush pills into it. Uh he drinks his wine. Will this work? And he's like, yes. And he drinks it. And then the demeanor of Bill putting those pills in the wine and how calm he was, he didn't seem emotional. Immediately, I knew what Bill was doing. I knew it didn't have to reveal it where he's like, there was pills already in the wine and he's like, enough to kill a horse. <laughs> so I, before he said that, I knew. But I, before he said it, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I was like already like getting emotional. My wife was like, what? And then he says, was there pills already in the wine? And Bill says, enough to kill a horse. And my wife was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, that's, when it that's when it clicked for her. Like, I just, yeah. she's just a little bit behind me. And so then they go to their room. They drink it. They have their last conversations. And he's, I love how he's like, he's still Frank. Like he's not letting this situation take away from his personality. He's like, well, I don't support this, but God, is it romantic? I thought that was so cool. Such still a great with a line. sense of humor. Still has, yeah, a, sense still has humor. a sense yeah. of humor. And then they go back to the room. They locked a door. They locked the door and we don't see them again. Now, when it comes to this scene, I love it for what it is. I love the whole sequence with Bill and Frank. Oh, everything, the whole episode with them is amazing. I am sad, though, like I said, that I don't get to see that interaction with Joel and that uh, interaction with Joel, Bill, and Ellie, because that was a huge part of the game. 
is that personality that Bill is. Now, Bill is a lot more hard-headed in the game and he's a lot more he's a, a more reluctant to change and I like to be the way that I am and nobody's going to change my mind and you get a little bit of emotion from him when they find Frank's body in the game but you don't get that in the show. So, I am a little not upset really, but a little not even disappointed. I guess I'm just saying it could it would have worked both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. The but I, yeah, I l- actually love something that they said in the end in the post credits uh, chat with create with the creators with Druckmann and Mason and the director. Uh, what Druckmann says, I appreciate and I respect because it's his story at the end of the, at the end of the day. I mean, The Last of Us is his baby, and he's on the showrun crew writing the show. He's co-writing the show. And so I loved the line where he says, if it is worse, or if the change is worse, or on par with the game, then we leave it. We leave it alone. We don't deviate. But if the deviation is better, then we're going to deviate. If it enhances the story, which yeah. it does, it does enhance it because it creates a new situation for Ellie and Joel. And I thought that it was beautifully done. I have no complaints other than I would have liked to see interactions with Ellie and Bill because I thought they were hilarious. But I find that the show is trying to convey a more emotional situation that this show isn't just about action. The show is about these are people's lives. And this, this whole situation fucking sucks. At the end of the day, regardless of how beautiful it was, you had two wonderful people that they passed away. And they're lucky to have passed away and essentially grown old together in an otherwise non-violent way because other people that are maybe in love during this time period are having their loved ones ripped away either or they lost them like Joel they feel this great sense of loss that Bill doesn't really have to experience because he was already alone when the apocalypse started yeah all right um yeah I don't I don't mean to cut you off but I wanted yeah, to we've been going on for a while here and I want to get to the the Joel and Ellie stuff and yeah, absolutely. Gonna, if you want, before, I can go into that. Um, yeah, we can. I'll let you go into the Joel. I don't really have. A, there's only really one thing I want to talk about between Joel and Ellie, and that's really the letter. And so I don't sure. think there's, in my opinion, there's not much else there to talk about. That you know, it's that that explains everything to them. They figure it all out. So um, I'll let you talk about the final scene when Joel and Ellie arrive. Yeah. So Joel and Ellie arrive. Uh, he knows the code. They go in. And they find, or Ellie finds the letter. Joel takes a shower. They find all of this equipment. They find the battery. He's fixing up the truck. They're waiting for the battery to charge. Ellie is poking like, hey, man, look at all these guns, maybe. And he's like, no. Still no. Right? Still no. He did in the beginning, too. In the beginning, it was going to talk about. She was so She wanted the rifle. Yeah. Yeah. She eventually finds Frank's gun and steals it. She puts that away. Again, that. Uh, 
mis- mischievousness of her. Is it stealing? Though? I have a theory about that gun, by the way. <laughs> I think she's going to save Joel's life with that gun. Oh yeah, obviously. That's my theory. And yeah. then that's Joel's when that's when this that's when the scene is going to come out. I shot the yeah. fuck out of that guy. Yeah, because yeah. Not, in the not, game, the, we're not going to spoil it. For yeah, me. I don't want to spoil <laughs> <Too late>. it. <laughs> I know we just spoiled it, but I I'm convinced that he's she's going to save Joel with that gun. Anyways, yeah, I think, I think it's obvious, but whatever. <clears throat> I mean, she does get a gun from Bill in the in the game. So, oh, that's from, true. From from Bill's yeah. place, it is that gun. Oh, there you go. It was just sitting there. Yeah, that's what she says. So, anyways, I don't know if you guys noticed um, something that I noticed. The shirt that Joel is wearing after he takes a shower is the same shirt that Frank is wearing when him and Bill are arguing. Hmm. I did not notice that. No. Hmm. Yeah. Just, the, shirt, the, a- shirt, the shirt that Frank is wearing when him, they're arguing about paint and fuel for the lawnmower is the same shirt that Joel is wearing in when he gets out of the shower. Hmm. Oh, I thought he was wearing a plaid shirt, but that must have been Bill was wearing a plaid shirt. That was a plaid shirt. Like a gray you said yeah. you're saying Frank. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was wearing the the jean shirt, the no, denim says, shirt. No. Yeah, but then when he showers. Oh, okay. Okay. When he showers and comes down, and Ellie tells him about the letter. Yeah. That, also, okay. that's, what, that's when we have that discourse about: Are we not going to talk about Tess? And he's like, No, yeah. we're not going to mention it. From now on, there's going to be some rules. You fucking do as I say. Don't tell anybody about your condition, or they're going to kill you. That is a one-for-one combo Mm -hmm. from the game. It doesn't happen after Bills. No, that happened immediately after Tess died in the game. Correct. Then they they went on their their journey to to Bills. To Bills. You're right. right. It's a one-for-one dialogue. And what were you going to say? Just about the the clothing. Isn't that the same clothing now that is in the game? Or... Um, in the game, Joel does have a plaid shirt on, but it, it is not the is it is not the dark green. I thought Ellie was like spot on. Like yeah, Ellie. Long, Ellie yeah. also they, shirt. they find they find a box with some women's clothes, women's medium, and she's wearing the same outfit that she sports in the game. Yes. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Right, so the last thing I want to get to before we do our final thoughts, um, is the so the letter. And the reason why I talk about the letter, because I actually I think that was harder for me to watch emotionally, because in that letter, you know, um, Bill is explaining to to Joel or he, he said in the letter, whoever finds this letter, but it's probably Joel, probably you, Joel. Right. And he explains to them, you need to take all this stuff, take the weapons you need. You're going to need all this stuff. And to protect and you know Ellie's reading to whoever it. probably Joel <laughs> yeah, yeah to whoever probably Joel yeah and when in that letter he, he says to protect and then Ellie stops and he reads and it's Tess yeah that was rough now what was rough was when he walks outside I was like don't cry man I was like don't cry because if you cry I'm gonna cry and I don't yeah. need to cry and like I, I wound up crying because I was like, fuck. It was and just he like, didn't. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't. I wound up crying, but he was, I, I felt like in that scene, he's just like holding it back. He was holding, holding it. it in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Holding it in because that's like, that's the gut punch, you know, to him. And that was a gut punch to all of us. I think that was actually harder for me to yeah. watch and witness than, than Bill and Frank, you know, essentially killing themselves, you know, and that, that whole thing. That was harder for me to watch because, you know, it's like, damn, man, like, 
everything that he's been through, and we didn't even know, like you had mentioned before about his first wife. So I don't know. That was that's the only thing I really want to talk about in that scene for the most part, because that was the heavy, the heaviest shit that happened. And it was just that that was really hard for me to watch the way yeah. she pauses and then he reads it, and it's just like to to protect Tess. I was like, God damn it. But because yeah, because Bill knows that Tess matters to him. Yeah. Even if even if Joel won't admit it or express it the same way that Bill expresses how much he cares for Frank. But Bill knows because the message that he leaves, we are protectors. That's what we were put here to mm-hmm. do. So he's referencing Tess in that line. You know, and and God bless any motherfuckers that get in our way. There's a power, powerful line in there. Yeah. Wise wise words. Um, what was your thoughts on that letter before we wrap this one up? Um, I would just be basically saying the same exact thing you guys are saying. So for time purposes, th- yeah. yeah, we can just skip it. Bill Bill is referencing Tess, but it is foreshadowing that protective nature that Joel is going to develop for Ellie. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think that's pretty easily recognizable given that he was a father before, you mm-hmm. know, and he's now with another teenage girl who is also 14. I think his daughter, I don't know if they said how old she was, but uh, Sarah, Sarah was 11 in the game. I don't think they specify in the show. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We've, we talked a lot. There was a lot of things that I want to get to that for a sake of time, I don't think we need to need to divulge in, but and I can sum it up in my, in my final thoughts so josh i'll let you go give me like your final thoughts and then m and then myself and we'll say our goodbyes a uh, beautiful episode probably one of the best tv episodes i've ever seen that brought me this much i mean i've seen all the game of thrones i mean i've seen all the lord of the rings but none of them made me feel like this i mean it's basically throughout the whole episode i was happy and sad but i wasn't sad I was kind of like happy crying because of how mm. beautiful it was. And it is sad. It is tragic. But at the end of the day, they both are very lucky to have had each other in the state that the world is in. And I feel like that's very special. And I, th- I think that that's why the episode is resonating so much on, on social media and on the internet. And as the viewership as a whole is because it shows that love can blossom and be a beautiful thing even when the world is shitty. Um, um, I just extremely quickly. I already said the whole entire arc about Bill. That was, I wanted to be that my final thoughts. But other than that, what Druckman and Maze are giving us is, oh my god! The first and second episode were amazing. The third is just speechless. I am. I don't know what they're gonna give on the next episode. But if they keep going that they way that they're going, I think this is going to be some extreme phenomenon. Um, it's been already growing in popularity from week to week. People are talking about it. People are tuning in. And I am just happy to see what's next. What is crazy is that this episode, they took liberty to expand upon Bill's backstory, which I love, right? And it ended up being this beautiful, this beautifully tragic love story that the the internet is in love with right now. And technically, 
This is something that they took from that's very small in the game and opened it up, right? Mm-hmm. There is shit in the game that is way fucking more tragic than the situation with Bill and Frank, the way it's portrayed in the game. So I cannot even fathom what their plans are for the other shit that will absolutely rip your heart out. So you're saying I should get a tissue box? You need to get yeah. something that Got it. you can, don't three draw pack. them. Get the get, three don't, pack, don't, the three don't box get, one. I don't know. Gonna go to Costco. Yeah. Find a machine <laughs> or something that will shoot them at your fucking eyes while you're watching the show. Because <laughs> holy shit, are you gonna be? You're gonna have to have a trash can like the big fifty gallon ones, nice. so they can throw all your tissues in there. Oh, I'm excited. You got me even more excited now. Great, man. Just to wrap it up, just um, a beautiful love story that. Man, I was not ready. It blew my mind. It was, yeah, it transcended like anything that I'd ever seen when it comes to depicting love between two people, regardless of their gender, whatever. Like, it was just beautiful, tragic, and romantic, and just amazing. It was just so well done. Every little aspect of it, I just, I blew me away. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I just couldn't believe what they did with this episode. And, I'm sad that some people on social media blasted it for being woke and or blasting it for not adding to the story because some people were criticizing the same because they're not main characters and they, you know, they expanded it. It, That doesn't, that didn't bother me. None of that stuff, but it was just so well done. It was amazing. So it's been amazing. I, I'm, I'm, I was at a, I'm, I was like speechless. So that's all I have to say they, on my final they thoughts. Tr- they tried it. to shove as much character development into one episode for a character that will no longer be part of the show. And I and it worked. it. And yes. It, it was beautifully done. Good job. Yes. Golf, golf clap golf for clap. you. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the, I think I told someone at work, I said it was probably the single, the single best episode from any TV show that I've ever watched. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And that's the best way to best way for me to describe it. So, it's all right, all be- downhill from here. Sorry. Yeah, that's what. The, but even they, even they said the creators, I believe, said that this is their favorite and or best episode of the season. Oh. So, but I think we're gonna get different good stuff. It may not yes. be as good as that, but we're gonna get. I know we're gonna get some horror elements because of what happened in the game. <laughs> I don't want to say specifically. Josh may know what I'm talking about when all I will say is that when Joel falls off the elevator, that's all yep. I'll say about the game. That's going to be, be dope. That's going to be fucking sick, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it better be, be in it. It better be yeah. in it now. I, I think they're going to have to because I just played that and it was so intense. They're going to put that in the in the show. They're going to have to. But anyways, we'll see how that plays out. Josh and M, thank you so much for doing this episode. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you all next week when we discuss episode four. So that being said, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and I'll see you next week. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. And remember, don't be shitty. Adios. We got a Metal Gear reference in this week. Yes, we did. Bye.